Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves that we can for the Lord. Uh, what we want to do today, uh, our topic is what type of friend are you? What type of friend are you? You know, we we have certain relationships that we develop in this life. You know, we have our relationships, really our first ones with our parents. Then we have our relationship with with friends, uh, you know, ultimately, over all that, we have our relationship with God. Uh, then later on in life, um, you know, if the Lord wills, you know, we have, you know, relationships with, you know, a boyfriend or, or a girlfriend, and then we end up having a relationship uh, in a marriage. And then also there's a relationship among brethren. And so if you think about it, all throughout our lives, we go through different types and we have different types of relationships. But the thing about those relationships is you play a part in them. And so to ask yourself this question, what type of friend am I? What type of friend am I? And and I think this question will help. Oh, not this question, but I think this statement, let's say, I think this statement will help us to answer that question today. Our relationship and our friendship that we have with God, that's going to trickle down and that's going to dictate our relationships with other people. So if your relationship with God isn't right, then your relationship with your spouse won't be right. Then your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend won't be right. Then your relationship with others won't be right because your relationship with God is not on the level it needs to be on, right? And so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how how can I be a better friend in general, but then also how can I be a better friend to God? Okay. And so that's what we're going to study today. And so again, get your Bibles here. Again, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we love to do. Um, we love to use the Bible to answer our questions. We love to use the Bible to see what it has to say. All right. So let's go to, um, to Psalm chapter 37. Again, if you've listened before on these other podcasts, you've known that Psalm 37 is a great text and it's one of my favorite Psalms, but excuse me, by studying this a little bit more, I found out more about this Psalm that just made it even better than even when we studied about it last time. Okay. So if you go to Psalm chapter 37 and if you start in verse number three, notice what the Psalmist writer says here, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Really quick, <clears throat> when we talked about delight last time, we kind of brought up how, in a sense, delighting is a sense of it's a sense of joy and it's a sense of happiness. And so we should find our joy and we should find our happiness in Christ. And, and that's I believe that that's a good principle. But I, I also miss this from the last time. Once I looked up, you know, what the word meant as well, I want you to notice what um, what one commentator wrote about what delight means. And it's, it's very uh, pertinent to what we're talking about today. Notice what it says here. I see that every good and wise man who was held up to the admiration of the Bible desired nothing less and could be satisfied by nothing less than communion with God. Now watch this. 
but not just to know him, but to know him as a friend. Starting with no notions of God, but ready to receive everything that he told them, they welcome each new trial, they welcome each new challenge, because it that challenge told them something more about God. Because it helped them more intelligently, more practically, and it helped them to be able to converse with him better. And so think about this delighting yourself in the Lord. When we talk about having a relationship with God, right? You hear it all the time in the pulpit. You hear it all the time in classes. You hear it all the time, you know, when people when people teach and preach. But no one really talks about how to develop that relationship, right? Because think about the friendships that you've had physically. Has it always been great? No. Has it always been amazing? No. Has there been good times in it? Yeah. Has it been bad times in it? Yeah. But the strong friendships and the strong relationships, they last because of those things. And so when we talk about a relationship with God, some somehow we always think that it always has to be great. We always think it always has to be the best thing ever. It always has to feel good. It always has to make sense. That's not true. You see, the relationship with God and the things that we go through in this life, it helps us to become a better friend to him. Now, think about this. Think about Job and and the things that he went through. Yes, he did ask why, but he never blamed God. That's what the text says. He kept his integrity. But do you think that after Job got out of all those things that Satan brought on to him, that he could become a better friend to God? Because he learned what patience was. He learned what, what you know losing a loved one felt like. He learned about having to totally depend on God when everything else is gone. Don't you think that would bring him closer to him? It did. That's why trials are good for us because they bring us closer to, to God. Now, let's ask this question. Remember before when we first started, we asked, what type of friend are you, right? Here's... Here's four types of friends that I came up with, and there's there's plenty more, but notice this. Notice these four types of, of, of friends that you may or may not have on this earth. <clears throat> Number one, the needy friend, right? You ever have that friend that they only come to you when they need something? They'll never say, hey, how's it going? Hey, how how you doing? How are things going? They will only contact you when they need something well wait a second if we do that to each other why would we want to be that type of friend to God are you that friend to God you only call on him when you need something you know Lord I need I need this I need this this isn't happening in my life so I need this are you a needy friend to God Because remember, we talked about delight yourself in the Lord. Walk with him as a friend. But do you only walk with him when you need something from him? So if you do that, then what what type of friend are you? You're needy. Is that the type of friend that you want to be? Here's number two. You have the needy friend, number one. Then number two, then you have the complainer, right? You always have that, that friend that, that always complains about how things aren't working and all they always have an opinion on something and so they talk about their lives and how things isn't working or how things aren't working 
then they'll talk about how things aren't working in their relationship. Then they'll talk about how things aren't working with their finances. And all you hear is them complain. And all you ask them was, hey, how are you doing? And constantly, I mean, it's not just one conversation, but they always find something to complain about. Do we do that to God? The only time we talk to him as a friend is when we complain. Lord, I can't believe this ha- this is happening in my life. Lord, how come you're not fixing this? Lord, how come you don't care? Do you want to be that type of friend of God? I wouldn't want to. Here's the third one. <coughs> the third friend is the I've got all the answers friend, right? And so let's say you're going through something, right? So let's say you're going through a problem in your relationship. Let's say you're going through something financially. Let's say you're just going through something in life, right? And you go to this friend and this friend hasn't been through what you've been through at all, but he or she always knows what to do, right? They all, well, this is what I would do. This is what you should do, right? Does that sound familiar? Think about Job's three friends, right? They sat with him and didn't say anything for a while. That's the best thing they did in the book. But essentially, throughout the entire book, Job's three friends, they were saying, I know what you should do. Listen to what I've been through. Or I've never seen a good man go through something like this and they not sin. So I guess you must be in sin because you're going through something. You see what I'm saying? See, those type of friends, they come around you. And when you're going through something, they feel like they got all the answers. You know, are we that friend to God too? When the Lord allows things to happen and he allows trials, even if you don't understand why they're happening, he allows them to happen. And so when that happens, are we like Job's three friends? And do we always say, you know, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you should do this. You should be doing this. I don't understand why you're doing that. You should be doing it this way rather than your way. Every time somebody did that in scripture, they always messed it up anyway. They messed it up worse than what it was before. So we can't be that type of friend either. And then number four, there's a worrier, right? You always have that friend that's always worried about something. They they always have to talk to you specifically. They don't talk to anybody else. They have to talk to you because they're worried about something. And they can never they can never find peace unless they talk. So they can never find that peace unless they talk to you, right? And so, yes, we want to be that way to God. We want to express our feelings to him. We want to express how we feel to him for sure. And when we have worries, we do want to let him know those things. But as a friend, though, remember, we're talking about delighting yourself in the Lord. As a friend, do you constantly, every time you talk to God, do you want to worry? Every single, because remember, if you have a physical friend that just worries all the time, it that literally becomes a weight on you because there's nothing you can do to make them stop worrying, right? And so think about this. If we pray to God and we worry and we worry and we worry, even after we pray, how is that going to help? It, it's really not, right? And so that goes right into what we want to talk about next. If you go back to Psalms, remember it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he'll give you the desires of your heart, right? So if you become friends with him, do the things that he says to do and you trust him, then he'll give you those desires of your heart. But then the next verse says to commit your way to the Lord, 
trust in him and then he'll bring it to pass. Now, here's what commit means. The word commit there means to roll over, roll upon. Well, what does that mean? Here's the example it gives. If you've ever seen a camel, right, and you've seen the humps on a camel, you can put a lot of weight on a camel. And what happens is sometimes when the camel gets tired, it bends down and then it rolls over and it lays all that weight over so then it can get back up again. That's the same imagery that it's giving here. Now, remember, we're talking about being a friend to God. God wants those burdens because he cares for us, right? So God says to give all the burdens to him, right? So if we give him all those burdens, but then we really keep worrying about it, then what do we essentially do? We just report it. We don't give it to him. We, we tell him it's there and then we just we hold on to it. Here's what commit means there in the verse. Commit means whatever you're going through, you leave it there. You tell him and you leave the burden there. So you don't worry about it. You don't complain about it. You don't keep you trust. That's why it says it says to commit your way to the Lord. Then notice it says trust a second time. You know, it takes you know, it takes trust to roll burdens to the Lord. Because guess what? That burden might not be fixed tomorrow. That burden might not be fixed in a year, in two years. Think about Job. Think about think about Joseph. He had to go through his burden for 13 years. But as that burden progresses, however long the Lord sees fit, do you trust him that he'll take care of it? That's what committing your way to him means. To give him the burden... And once you give him that burden, just like that camel, leave it there because you have to trust in the Lord enough that he'll take care of that problem. Now, do you see why we say that your relationship with God trickles down to all your other relationships? Because if you can't trust God with your burdens and you can't trust God with what you're going through, if you're a guy, you're a girl in a relationship Guess what you're not going to do for that other person? You're not going to truly trust them because your relationship with God, you don't trust. So you don't trust anybody else. And so therefore, then you'll always be somewhat guarded because you don't even trust God. And so you don't you don't trust other people. You see what I'm saying? You have to you have to get your relationship right with God first. You see, using other people is not practice. For the one good relationship that you want. That's not how it should be. I believe that if you get your relationship with the Lord right first. And then once he sees fit that you're ready. Then you don't have to bounce around from person to person. To find what you want. Because you're giving those things that you already give to God. To another person. You see how that works? Here's an example. This is my current read right now. Whoa, that's really white. I don't know if you can read it there, but it's the five love languages. They made a a regular five love languages book, but then they also made one for singles edition, just for single people like myself. And so most of as far as I've read that book, it always talks about forgiveness. It talks about how loving somebody is a choice 
for both parties. One person can't do everything and the other person just receive everything, right? It's a choice between two people. And so I've kind of equated that to my relationship with God. I have to love him so much that I'm going to give him everything I have, not because of, of what I've done, but because of what he's done. And so I have to give him those things. So that's why I want to give him everything because of what he did for me. And so if that relationship with God grows and grows and grows, Lord willing, if I'm ever in a, in a relationship or if you're ever in a relationship, guess what? We'll grow too: forgiveness, love, trust, loyalty, because all of that happens with God's relationship first. Then with someone else, then it happens. You see how it works together perfectly. And so today, delighting yourself in the Lord, committing your way to him. I just want to encourage you. Keep going. Keep pushing. Build your relationship with God first. Then next thing you know, then your other relationships will start to will start to get way better. I can promise you that. But you got to take some time. Take some time to yourself with God. Learn of him. Grow of him for he's meek and lowly. Right. The scripture is always right. And it, it pertains, as Peter said, pertains to everything for life and godliness. But we got to trust it and we got to trust him. So I hope that you continue to build your relationship with God uh, as I try to build mine with him as well. And hopefully that continues to help and that helps and trickles down to all of our relationships. Thank you.